Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. Uh, my name's Ruben, and I'm from New Zealand. I just made up this joke. How many Australians does it take to change a light bulb? How many? I don't care what those people get up to. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. I'm Rico Galliano, and from APM, American Public Media, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that helps you win your next dinner party. You just got a joke. I guess that was a joke. Unless you're from Australia, in which case it's a slight. From Ruben Nelson of the band Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Had no idea there was that rivalry. I didn't either. Kiwi Pride. And coming up, country musician and conceptual artist Terry Allen, Water Menus, A Superior Swede, and Excuse. We actually have one for once. But first, small talk. So, Rico, this week, the news that caught my eye uh, was all about scheduling problems. Oh, I know where this is headed. Yeah. Obama announced he was going to talk to Congress about his job creation plan, and jobs are, you know... It's of minor importance. That's right. It's on everybody's mind. But it turns out there was a Republican presidential debate scheduled for the night he Uh wanted to speak. Yeah. Whoops. So, all right, jobs can take a backseat for a night, so he was scheduled to the next night. Sure. But there was a problem there, too. He has to do it early so he doesn't conflict with the opening night of the football season. That's right. That's right. So jobs are... We know what our priorities are. Exactly. Right now he's sandwiched between millionaires fighting and millionaires fighting. (laughs) Exactly. It's important. You know, and he's a millionaire. That's true. Maybe if he like, (laughs) maybe if he scheduled like knuckles with Warren Buffett or something. Yeah. He could get any slot he wanted. That's true. People would love it. I'd tune in for that. Um, Exactly. You should be his advisor. Somebody should, (laughs) but that's a different story. It seems like he does need a secretary, it seems like. (laughs) Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, for some news stories that didn't make the headlines, we scheduled some time with our colleagues at Public Radio's Marketplace. Matt Berger, senior web producer for Marketplace. What's your story? Well, this week there's been some buzz in the food world around a photo that was taken by a Wall Street Journal reporter, which shows a water menu from a fancy restaurant in Los Angeles. A water menu? What's a water menu? Well, you know, it's kind of like a wine menu. It describes where the water comes from and what it tastes like. And like, tastes like what? It tastes like nothing. Isn't that what you want out of your water? I mean, it has a bouquet well, of... Apparently, like... there's a lot more to water than you and I know. So instead of a sommelier, do they have a plumber? John Haas, editor, what story are you going to be talking about this weekend? Earl Grey tea. And why is that? Well, the tea company Twinings is changing the flavor of its one of its most popular brands, and they're relaunching it as the Earl Grey. The Earl Grey. Is it, do people like it? No, they hate it. They're saying it tastes like lemon cleaning products or dishwasher soap. Man, bad news for Twinings. Because you don't want to get on the wrong side of an Earl Grey drinker, let me tell you. <laughs> Absolutely not. Your only chance is basically to run while they pull on their pristine white gloves. <laughs> or you are going to get an extended pinky to the face, my friend. Millie Jefferson, director of Marketplace. What's your story this weekend? There's a new study out with a message for doctors and nurses who fail to wash their hands. Think about your patients. Wait, isn't that what they're supposed to do anyway? Well, it turns out that signs that encourage doctors to wash their hands to protect themselves aren't as effective as if the signs suggest that they wash their hands to protect their patients. I'm just alarmed that they need signs reminding them to wash their hands. You would think that the people that are responsible for taking care of you would at least wash their hands. That's like a pilot with the sign says, pilot, remember <laughs> to look out the window. And now... Time for cocktails. Once again, we tell you something that happened this week in history and give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like history is a mighty oak, its roots fed by a stream of cool, clear liquor. First, the history. This week, back in 1967, the people of Sweden made a shift to the right. And we don't mean politically. Michelle Philippi tells the tale. 
Ever wonder why some countries drive on the left? In Sweden, it was due to an ancient royal decree, something about making deliveries easier for mail carts. But by the 1960s, Sweden was surrounded by countries that drove on the right. Tourists would drive into Sweden and crash, and Swedes would drive out of Sweden and do the same. So in 1967, the government announced H-Day. H for Hooger, the Swedish word for right. At 4 a.m. that day, the entire country would start driving on the Hooger. H-Day preparations were massive. The government had to change traffic signs on 70,000 miles of road. Public buses got retrofitted with doors on the right. And Swedish TV raised awareness with an H-Day song contest. The winning tune was called Keep to the Right, Svensson. On H-Day morning, 8,000 cops hit the streets to oversee the chaos. But except for a morning traffic jam, there was no chaos. In fact, there were fewer traffic accidents that month than usual. One of H-Day's planners called it a revolution in a few hours. So that was the history. Now for the drink. On the line is Stefan Lindstrom at Bar Riesch in Stockholm, Sweden. Stefan, you heard the history. What drink did it inspire? It inspired me a drink we call the Swede 67, of course. Of course, because that's when this all went down. Yes. The drink is uh, you have a couple of fresh raspberries and you mush them a little together with elderflower schnapps. Are those is, are raspberries sort of native to Sweden? Is that a yes, popular? Yes, it's very Swede? Swedish, and, and that's something that I picked a lot in those days at my grandmother's place. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and elderflower schnapps is very common, and it was around in those days. All right, so you you muddle raspberries and schnapps. You muddle the the raspberries, and then you just pour champagne or sparkling wine on top of it. Well, that sounds lovely. So you were actually around for H-Day. I was around, but I was a young kid, you know. We got stickers from the gas stations that said H on them, and we put them on our bikes and stuff. Really? Was it like a sort of punk rock thing to do, (laughs) to (laughs) put an H on your bike? I don't know if it was a punk rock thing, but that's what we did. (laughs) That's the most that I remember. And then we thought, like in England, they were not mature enough to get the right-hand traffic. <laughs> you look down your noses at the British because they were still driving on the left? Of course. <laughs> and Brendan, actually, I looked into this. Some say that okay. the Brits started driving on the left because most people are right-handed. Right? Uh-huh. So in the old days, you'd hold a horse's reins in your left hand, which would leave your right free to grab a sword if you were attacked on your horse. Wow. You see. That's interesting. Yeah. So whereas today... You know, you can flip a bird with any hand, sure. and so it doesn't matter. And return the favor likewise. <laughs> exactly. Uh, folks, <laughs> you can find all our drink recipes on our website. Drive the information superhighway to dinnerpartydownload.org. Our guest of honor this week is country music singer, painter, and conceptual artist, Terry Allen. Does that, does that sound right? Yeah, which country, though? <laughs> you tell me. Is it, is it the hill country of Texas? or? Well... I've I've been to Thailand and recorded with a Thai band, so is it Thai music? I I don't relate to that term country music in a sense of it being just Lubbock, where I came from, or Texas, or uh, 
you know, I've ne- I don't think I ever have really, you know, although I have great admiration for a lot of those guys, like Hank Williams and Merle Haggard and people like that, you know. Yeah, How do you feel about the term conceptual artist? I think most artists have to have a concept somewhere, so it seems to be a pretty generic phrase. You know? <laughs> Chimpanzee, even that, they might have the best conceptions of all. You know? <laughs> well, they came up with us eventually, right? A... Yeah, sooner or later, man. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're swinging in a tree, right? But what strikes me, actually, about that litany is the breadth of it. It's, uh, you know, music, singer-songwriter, whatever country it's from, and uh, painter and artist and writer. I have always liked to play music. I've always liked to make pictures. I've always liked to build things. And, and I've never thought of it other than just kind of one thing that feed off of one another and inform one another. Why don't more people do what you do then? Why don't more people write songs and have great albums and then go on and do a, an interesting conceptual art piece about an obscure uh, French intellectual? I think a lot of people do. Most of the musicians I know make pictures, make photographs, do some kind of visual thing. Uh, David Byrne is a real close friend of mine. David does a lot of things. But at the same time, it's one thing. And uh, that's kind of the way I think about it. Uh, When I was in school, Man Ray, the artist, photographer, painter, surrealist, lived in L.A. and had a show actually at L.A. County. But he used to come to Chouinard and hang out with students and like to shoot the breeze with them. And that's where you went to school? That's where I went to school. But I remember him saying, if you want to be an artist, you you are free to do anything you want. You, you want to draw your dog, draw your dog. You want to photograph your girl's friend's shoes, do that. Whatever you want to do, that doesn't mean you don't have an equal amount of responsibility that goes with it. But the freedom to what you want to do is total. All right, well, we have a couple standard questions on our show that we ask everybody. Um, and the first one is, what question are you tired of being asked? Uh, what do you do first, art or music? You know, <laughs> what happens first? <laughs> and why does that question bother you? There's no answer to that. It's the same thing to me. And I've said it's the same thing to me for a thousand billion times, and I will continue to say it. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we have a second question. Tell us something we don't know, either about you or the world at large. I've been married 49 years. To the same woman? To the same woman, yeah. Not 49 different women. <laughs> same. Well, that's not true. She's very schizophrenic. <laughs> but it's stunning to me how long people can misunderstand one another. You know, you know she might hear this. She invented it. <laughs> but do you think that might not come as a surprise to people who've been married for a long time? I don't think it does. I think the the thing about being married a long time is it, it, how how incredibly mysterious it gets more and more and more, and how strange and odd and really great on lots of levels, really horrendous at some levels, but you know we're humans. Yeah. <laughs> 
insight into the human condition there. For sure. <laughs> Terry will be performing Ghost Ship Rodez, his play-slash-performance art piece about the French writer Antonin Artaud, ah. all month in San Francisco. Yeah, try doing that, Taylor Swift. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Good luck. Uh, and that's the Dinner Party download for this week, everybody. Thanks to Jackson Musker, Chris Clark, Peter Clowney, and Ellen Gettler. And now we leave you with One for the Road, a song to listen to on your way to or returning from this weekend's dinner party. The musician's name is Big Frida. Oh, no. The genre is called Sissy Bounce. And the song is called Excuse. I A lot of people called me Sissy Bounce. You said it, not me. Do not know why. <laughs> bon appétit. Big Frida coming one more time. Go down. Big Frida coming one more time. Go down. I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Newman. Guys, guys, it's on. Turn the C-SPAN. Oh, all right. Cool. Mr. Speaker, members of Congress, and fellow Americans. Are you ready to knuckle? Live from the Capitol building, it's Obama versus Buffett. Two wealthy titans knuckle down for a money-back battle royale. Stay tuned. <laughs> 